I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones, and this is Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. It's as old as philosophy itself. Freedom, free will, free choice. We've taken it for granted in our Western world. Of course we're free, we gloat, when comparing ourselves to those in the world we consider unfree. Until we're not free to get together in groups or sit tight to another table at a restaurant or even go to a basketball game which should cause us to howl in protest, except it doesn't because we're scared or mandated. And then there are the definitions of what it is to be free anyway. Is it free to do whatever we want? Is this choice really mine, or am I unknowingly following some external programming? You can see why it's been so much debated in schools of philosophy and religion. In our modern art of persuasion, the skill of the persuader lies in getting you to do what they want, but thinking that it's your choice. But a tangled web. Is there any point in wading into those waters again? I unhesitatingly say yes, for we have a science here that could begin to put it to rights. The science of freedom today on Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. I would like to encourage you to spread our programs a little. You know, I began these podcasts back in 2006. We exploded on the scene. That was back in the early days of podcasting, the podcast name was pretty provocative, and there was so much traffic that uh, it, it overloaded my server in the first week on air. <laughs> Knocked me right off the air. Uh, so some technical upgrades fixed that, and we were off and running. I produced weekly back then, but eventually the demands of our dynamic language school here in Sao Paulo got the better of me, and I slowed production down a lot. But even at our reduced schedule, we still have almost 200 shows available with some great content, I think. So I'd like to put out a special invitation for you to write me if you're enjoying what we do and pass us on to your network. Rich at richjonesvoice.com is how to get a hold of me. I would love to hear from you. Today, we're going to look at freedom. I wonder if we're taking care of freedom as we should. We can't start being blasé about defending our freedom, you know. Kissinger said years ago that it would take a world crisis to bring all peoples together to the point of accepting a new world order, and I would be personally very suspicious of that agenda behind any world crisis, pandemic or otherwise. The problem with the powerful, you know, is that they have no idea of their neuroses or even psychoses and so they are dangerous. They tend to believe in the survival of the fittest and that they, being successful, are the fittest. But if our socioeconomic environment is inverted, then the most successful there are the most inverted, and hence the sickest. So let's dive into that a little bit today, okay? The Science of Freedom with Claudia Bernhard Pacheco and Thinking with Somebody Else's Head returns in just a moment on the Stop Radio Network. You're listening to the most relevant conversations on the planet about how to stop destroying ourselves and the world. This is the Stop Radio Network. There is an age-old question that has stymied thinkers for centuries. So how evil started then? Who is behind evil? There was a mastermind that didn't accept. He wanted himself to be God. In Norberto Kepi's reintegration of science with philosophy and theology, we have answers to the presence of the evil of Lucifer. Humanity has been following his inspirations, and all of us live upside down. 
it's time to put it right. If you really admit a problem, you stay in tune with the truth, and then you are able to open yourself to God's grace. Roberto Kepi's Psychotherapy and Exorcism, the book that changes how humanity understands demonic influence in our modern world. Available in the bookstore at stopna.org. Consciousness has a divine energy in it. You're listening to Thinking with Somebody Else's Head on the Stop Radio Network. The program is Thinking with Somebody Else's Head, and we have not done a program for a couple of weeks. It's busy here in Brazil. It must be busy everywhere that people are listening because of this crazy pandemic, this situation that we're in. Face masks everywhere, alcohol gel, social distancing. We're still experiencing this in Brazil, and so we... we uh, we're working very hard to maintain our businesses, keep ourselves going, and uh, we don't always have time to do radio programs. But we are back again today. Claudia Bernhard Pacheco has joined me. And we are, you know, the reason I came to Brazil, Claudia, you know this. Yes, I know that. Was this book, Liberation of the People, The Pathology of Power. And let me, I've mentioned, probably mentioned this many times on the program, but the thing that that struck me here was the scientific analysis of the pathology of people in power. Right on the book it says that the first study of the psychosocial pathology of people with power, psychotics who are impeding human development and destroying society. If we don't stop them immediately, we will witness the rapid demise of civilization. And I, I thought, well, that, ex- that explains why, when you look at some things that some political leaders have done, not just in the Western world, around the world, you can't understand it. This was the first book that gave me an explanation of that. and It was the first book that was reading that about... That did, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you could never, ever... <laughs> not just <laughs> uh, have read anything about it because Dr. Kepi was the first one to to do it to do this, yeah, yes, the first scientist. And uh, you know, it struck me because normally when you read a book of political criticism, it comes from a point of view: the left or the right, the center, yeah, uh, the left center, the right center. You know, socialist, capitalist. So it's a normally it's a, a books about political things are sort of opinion books. They're about a point of view and a perspective and opinion. Yeah. This is a scientific book that looks yeah. at it objectively. It's eternal. It, being a scientific, yeah. it's eternal and yeah. it's universal. It's uh, beyond uh, language, beyond uh, religion, beyond yeah. politics, beyond anything. Uh, Kepi said that, that his work is a scientific work that accepts the existence of the Creator. There's another thing that I think is really wonderful. <laughs> There's no apologies about uh, being no. something related to the, the yeah. Creator. Yeah. And you see a, a lot in the modern world, oh, we, we can't mix politics and religion. But they have to be separate. By doing so, we came to a dead end. <laughs> exactly. Because we cut off the cause of everything. We cut off. The mm-hmm. cause of all causes. The, of all, the, the um, fundamental cause. Yeah, of... yeah. So we cannot go beyond the situation that we are now. It's an impediment that uh, people put in the progress of civilization. We have, we have reached a stalemate, a dead end, yeah. uh, a wall that we can't 
overcome yeah. because of this fundamental problem. And you can see this. And this fundamental problem is theomania, yeah. or it's envy of God. It's what Kepi sees as uh, an inversion, a total inversion <laughs> that we cannot uh, deny the cause and the creator yeah. and the creator of all loss and everything. Yeah. And again, there's this always this confusion when you start to talk about the creator. This is confusion between religion and spirituality and all these kinds of things. So it's a, it's a, an area that Dr. Kepi uh, treats in all of his books with brilliance. It's it's Richard, encouraging now to read. talking to you. Yeah, <laughs> you realize. I realized that maybe Dr. Kepi is the first scientist that speaks really about God in a scientific way. Yeah. Under a scientific perspective, coming from a scientific point of view, and uh, it's it's pure science. It's not a like Christian science, not a dogma, right? Or something that uh, they put religion in science. No, he does this as science. He understands spirituality, God, eternal laws, etc., as an object of science. And what does that mean? I, I can understand or I can think about it from my studies here as like universal values, universal energy, resonance, these kinds of terms that we talk about. But maybe people listening to us for the first time or not so comfortable or not so cognizant of these terms don't understand what that means, a scientific vision of God. Could you could you define that? Is that possible to define in some way? Well, science has its means to operate, yeah. and has all a body of uh, um, methodology, a method, and experimentation. Uh, so this reasonable and re- the, the the scientific reason of things. When you do and when you study something scientifically, you have a way, a proper way to study it. It's not by intuition or by revelation or by something, opinion, opinion, not at all. It's scientific. So Kepi uh, uh, got to these conclusions following the path of science. And when he got to the answers and to this process, most likely <laughs> possible cause of everything being God. So everything was like testing and experimenting and reasoning as a scientist. Mm. To discover that uh, that life has a, a created essence that is good, beautiful, true, and that anything that's not part of that is a distortion of the reality. You know, this is so great because one, I was, I've been watching some interviews about this recently with some, some comedians, interestingly enough, who are exploring this idea of what is it to be human. And one guy was saying, look, if, if we are imperfect, God has to take responsibility for that, right? God has to be responsible for the fact that we are Imperfect, and I think this is a basic misunderstanding of what is the human being that somehow we're imperfect because that's the way we were created to be, and not that we are imperfect because of our will yeah. 
our choice. This is Kepi's work that I think is it really helps define it. If there are problems on earth, it's not God's fault. Yes, it's a matter of uh, free choice. It's a matter of really being free to choose, yeah. accepting or not what we have in front of us and who we are. We don't have other choices than what it is. I mean, reality is there. Yeah. And we cannot have other choices, other options. We have the option of accept the universe, which is almost infinite. Yeah, because they, they don't seem to consider that people choose to do wrong things out of an inverted yeah. desire, thinking that doing something wrong, it's my right. Yes, thinking that if I can deny the good, my well-being, anything good, anything beautiful, anything real, that if I have th this choice, I, I have no responsibility on that, and I have. This is my my responsibility. It's it's it's. I'm free. I'm free to accept or not. So this concept of freedom is something very important, because William of Ockham a long long time ago, and here we enter the field of philosophy. It's necessary to understand philosophy in order to produce a, a good science. William of Ockham was from the Middle Ages, wasn't he? Yeah, and he said. Uh, he was a monk, and he said that the, the essence of man was freedom. Now, starting from that point, people misunderstood what is freedom and what is, what is about, you know, what, is, what we can use freedom for and how we can use it. And Kepi clarifies that freedom is the the right to choose what is real what exists what is truthful beautiful and good and we are not free to choose otherwise because if we do if we do and we have the chance to say no to this if we do not accept we um deprive ourselves from everything it's like a uh, you you imagine a, a well balanced person mentally balanced emotionally competent uh, professionally successful loving the, the in the, in the field of loving life and relationships very much uh, fulfilled and happy so if you think about a person like this, you cannot imagine a person like this denying things, like denying love, denying action, denying goodness, denying beautiful things, denying um, health. So we know deep down that we are born to be, to realize who we are. Yeah. Uh, but, but... We can say, no, I want to be sick. I want to have panic attacks. I want to have <laughs> mental disturbances. I, I want to smoke. I want to drink. I, I, I want to drink. I want to, to imagine to, um, you know, in Portuguese we have a, a word. We can dar o contra. We can go against. We can. And this is a, a tricky thing, yeah. isn't it, in yes. Portuguese? Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
The person loves to dar o contra. Yeah, p people love to say, <coughs> turn their back on what's right and correct and say no. Yeah. Right? Like kids. To oppose. <laughs> Do your homework. No. Clean no. your room. No. no. Brush no. your teeth. No. no. So this step, stupid attitude creates all illnesses. Mental, organic, social, professional, all diseases. Yeah. So we are not free to say no. If we say no, okay, we get sick. Okay, we, you can get sick. You can die. You can die sooner. You can su commit suicide. You can kill people and go to jail. You can be live miserable as a miserable person, depressed, unhappy. You can, if you if you like, if you prefer. <laughs> so this is our choice between quotes. Yeah, nothing to do with God. This, nothing to do with God. This choice to know. The choice is our choice. The choice is our responsibility to say no to God. Yeah. Yeah. It has all to do with God in this sense. Yeah. Uh, one time you did a program on, uh, we called it, I think, the energetic frames of society. And you talked about the universals, these universal principles that you're talking about now, goodness and truth and beauty and justice and love, that those are like energetic frames mm -hmm. for what should exist on the planet. In other words, the the institutions, the behaviors the relationships of human beings should reflect those universal fra energetic frames that were already established for society. That we should have in the earth this kind of mirror image, a reflection of what already exists. I thought it was a really beautiful program, and I'd never thought about it, obviously, in that way before. You brought something so uh, original to my mind in that program, and I use it often in the classroom. Because it suggests that the, f the fundamentals of the society are already there. Mm -hmm. are, 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 we need to reflect somehow these the, values. Like kind of a DNA, right? Yeah. You, and you used the word DNA yeah, in this it's program. It's a kind of a DNA. And um, if you see in physiology, our physiology was um, only works if we have this receiving energy the essential energy into our uh, all our physical elements. I don't know that well the medical English terms, the English medical terms, but we have this uh, cellulose tronco. How do you call it? Ah, these are stem cells. Stem cells, right. I remember now. Stem cells, we have mitochondrias. Mitochondria. Which are like small antennas. So in all our cells, in all our eDNA, the center of our DNA, everything is fed by energy. It's essential energy. If we are turned off to this energy, if we are not in tune, resonating with this energy, we get older sooner than necessary. Mm. We get sick more often than necessary. And this is science. This is science. So if we would have a means to feed ourselves all the time with no denial um, from this uh, essential energy and renewed, we would be eternal. We would not die. So this concept of eternal 
life for us. It's not just a fantastic concept or an illusion or um, a delirium. Mm. No, this is, has scientific ground. Mm. It has scientific ground. And probably the the uh, the old Matusalem and the old guys of the Old Testament that lived until 700, 800, 900 years. Yes, right. This is not myth. No, this is a mythology. It's, it's a not a mythology. This is a true reality that it can, could, could have happened. Yeah. yeah. I, but I think we all have that feeling, Claudia, that we could live longer. I think everybody must feel that. And about Eden, the Garden of Eden or the Paradise, we all have inside of us this kind of saudades we say in Portuguese, we miss. A longing. A longing for this lost paradise. Now, this longing for the lost paradise is a universal. This is a universal wish that relies in every human inner self. This longing for a lost happiness, a lost paradise and where we would live forever in peace and happiness. And this was we have in our genetic memory. We have this in our genetic memory. Yeah, because if we didn't, how would we ever think about it? Because we've never experienced it. It doesn't come from experience, right? I mean, and when they, I often think about this, when they write those beautiful documents, the Declaration of Human Rights or any of those documents, they're beautifully written. They're reflecting something that we know to be true, even though we've never experienced it. So it must be this, this deep And this concept deep memory, pops up yeah. in the mind of many people in, many, in different centuries, yeah. in different conditions, situations, uh, and different countries, different religions. These concepts, they pop up. And some people speak about them, and they do something towards this direction. Yes. And these are the geniuses and the people who transform the planet for better. Like, now I would like to remember Cristóvão Colombo. Christ, Christopher Columbus, the guy who was lost on the way to China <laughs> and bumped into America by accident. So, this guy. in my researches and some people's researches, but I went deeper in the research, and we can absolutely know that he was not lost. He was not lost. lost. He <laughs> meant what he did. Yeah. And what he did, because of this universal he had in his mind, this ideal, because the ideals are universals. So, this universal that he had in his mind of this... Finding the lost Eden, the lost paradise. He was after the lost paradise. The new world, he called it. The new world. And this, when they came to America, they said, and they wrote, the Portuguese, the Spanish, they wrote to their kings and queens that they absolutely have found the lost paradise. They found... uh, an abundant nature, beautiful, abundant, and a people that was living in or in this situation, and they looked beautiful, innocent, as if they have never knew what is corruption, 
what corruption is about, <laughs> what sin is about, that they were very simple and very receptive, most of them. Not all, yeah. but most of them. Yeah. And they would n not necessarily have to, all of them, uh, welcome those who came to take everything from them, to rape their culture. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. So, um, thinking about this, this com comes on and on, again and again, this ideal that was printed in the beginning of the scriptures of the old Jews and the Judah tribes, when they spoke about the necessity of one day in the future, some tribes coming together to be able to restore the lost Eden on the planet. This is writings from uh, the scripture yeah. of um, a time in the future. Right. They they spoke about the um, the testament. The, the, what um, Jacob gave as a testament to his uh, children mm. that formed the twelve tribes. Right. And he said, in the future, Ephraim, Manasseh, and Judah, the three children that would create. Um, fruitful generations and descendants. Even nations. And even nations. And they did so. And that one day, after fighting and fighting and fighting, they would come together and, and will, would bring to the planet, to all nations, a balanced, fruitful, rich, and wise civilization that would correspond to, like, coming back to the Garden of Eden. And the essential nature of humans you spoke yes. about at the beginning. Yeah. exactly. So in my researches, I found out that the whole Latin America corresponds to Judah tribe, which is wisdom, the testament, the heritage was wisdom and spirituality. And North America... Uh, comprising United States, Canada, and would be the Manasseh. And England, I guess, too, right? England is Ef Ephraim. 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 Okay. But this idea of coming and bringing all together in America to be one day the like a recover, the recovering the, the, the lost. And Ephraim and Manasseh are related more to the world of commerce, as I understand it. Commerce and... Material richness. Material richness. They know how to do money. <laughs> we know how to make money. Well, <laughs> to make, uh, some of us would to think. I'm not, sure, sure, I'm not sure, sure I... English <laughs> and North Americans are really... Uh, they yeah. know how to make money. I think they I'm, would make money and make beautiful children also. Uh, create beautiful descendants. <laughs> this would be their, their biggest ability. <laughs> They are economists, <laughs> and they have proven this. Yeah. Bankers. And they use it not always for a good, <laughs> good course, and, and wise purpose. Because they don't have the connection with wisdom. And wisdom and spirituality would be more connected to South America, especially Brazil. Yeah. We know here, we, are, we don't know how to do, how to make money. <laughs> 
But we have a strong spirituality. Yes. A strong spirituality. This is really clear in Brazil. So really if, we, if we bring together these people to work together for a better world, it will, it will happen. And this is like a map or a, a master plan, a master plan that will happen one day, sooner or later, will happen. And respecting our free choices, anyhow, this will be the tendency of the DNA of the universe. So your work, you and Dr. Kepi, this beautiful work of analytical trilogy, the university, is the work that bridges the distance between these two. Yes. Uh, mentality, let's say mentalities, right? Yes. Manassas and Ephraim connected to... Material, material good, goodness. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, money, obviously, power, yeah. politics, structure. Yeah. And the Judah tribe connected to the deeper values of spirituality, wisdom, knowledge, uh, peace. Tolerance. Tolerance. Peace, yes. That those would Religious. Come, to, come together at some point to, to have, and this is beautiful. Religious tolerance. Here in Brazil, no, it, uh, my God. It's we, unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's totally different. Yeah, it's totally different. I can tell you, I've traveled a lot. I can tell you there's no country like Brazil in this sense. Yeah. You could, you could, you could go to a barbecue here, which is a big Brazilian pastime. Well, it used to be a big Brazilian pastime. Now we're, <laughs> we're stuck in these homes, but uh, okay. But anyway, and you could go there and you could find, literally, you could find an atheist, a devout Christian, an Islamic fundamentalist, um, a Jewish prophet, and all of them would be completely harmonized together. There's no no sense of separation in it. It's yes. an extraordinary country in this sense. Yes, it is. I don't know how it happened. It's in the D- DNA of the country. It it's is in the DNA. What the religious people call the mission of a country. I call it DNA of a country. But it's the same thing. Yeah. It's a master plan. And uh, even though we are free to live and to walk around... In life, we end up by uh, obeying or having to obey a master plan yeah. of the universe. Yeah, whether we want to or not. Yes, right? <laughs> yes. We can fight against it and say in, no. In and the suffer. same way that we we did not choose to be who we are and be born from our parents and the time and even exist, we ha- we have never chosen this. Yeah. As we never choose the way to die. Oh no, I'm not saying this because people sometimes they commit suicide. But normally we don't know when we are going to die and how we are going to die. Yeah. And how is going to be our second birth? Meaning, when we die, we don't die. It, it's it's a kind of second birth that we don't choose as well. Into our eternal life, if you want to call it that. Yeah. The, so the real we don't life. choose. Uh, in reality, our choice is a false choice. We can we can choose in terms. And if we rebel against it, oh, <laughs> this is this is psychosis. Yeah. This is delinquency. This is hell. Hell, I imagine, is rebelling against reality. This is so beautiful in Dr. Kepi's and your work, Claudia. It's so beautiful because it's something that gives um, meaning, purpose, 
an understanding of what is the the arc of the human story. What what is it? What are we doing here? Everybody's always asking this question. Why am what am I? What is the purpose of things? You know, to just uh, be born, live, make a bit of money, retire, die. No, there's a there's a um, universal story working out here. And Dr. Kepi's work, I can tell you, listening, Dr. Kepi's work brings that. This is what I found when I came here. I can tell a personal story about that. That is exactly what I discovered here. Oh, my gosh, you mean there's meaning to all of this. There's a reason for all of this. We're here for a reason. <laughs> Very beautiful. Now, uh, Richard, <laughs> almost 30 years ago, uh, 40 years ago, Almost 40 years ago, we left Sao Paulo to New York. Aha. We went to bring this science and this wisdom to America, to, to North America. E Ephraim and Manassas. Yeah, that's right. And we went to London, too. Yeah, I know you did. But we didn't know about this thing of Ephraim and Manassas at the time. We wanted to bring science to a developed country, more developed than Brazil. With the idea that they might take this science and... And bring it to the world. What happened when we went <laughs> is that the pathological powerful were there, ready to impede our work to develop. And the, that's what happened. And that's what happened. They that's said happened. no. <laughs> so we are trying to do this. And in March 2024... I imagine something interesting may happen March 2024. Four years from now. Because it will last. Less than four years, yeah, of course. Three years. <laughs> three years and Let's nine see. months, is it? 23, 22, 21, uh, three years and a half, and a half. And then something interesting can happen during this time. Hmm. And we will see, probably... Luckily, we will be still doing our podcast. Yes. And we should put like in an agenda, March 2024, to see the the situation of the world and what have changed to give us the reward of working for 40 years to bring the science to benefit the world. Our purpose is not getting rich, making money. We lost a lot of money. Yeah. We lost. Money was stolen, taken was from stolen you. stolen from us. The powerful did that, and yeah. they still tried to impede our science yeah. to exist. Yeah. We still continue. We are resilient. And I wonder, if Moses took 40 years to bring his people to the promised land... Out of the desert. Who knows? If in 40 years we will have some of our dreams fulfilled. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. What a wonderful idea. Let's see. Let's be humble enough and see what is going to be in 2024. Okay, you have an appointment here, 2024. And check what is going to happen with these demons. <laughs> oh, man. All these demons powerful in, in, in destroying the planet. What is it, what, what is it going to happen? What wisdom the humanity will get and will take from this three years and a half from now. I hope some, because wisdom is in pretty short supply these days. 
We strut and fret to look after money to the point where we've dumbed down our infused knowledge so much we almost don't recognize our true selves anymore. I think that's tragic. I don't want to be ignorant of those deep currents in the human soul, so out of touch that I become an automaton in a world of artificial intelligence and forgotten purpose. We must not let that happen. That's our program for this time. The program is Thinking with Somebody Else's Head on the Stop Radio Network. I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones. Until next time. In the United States, there is a hidden government. In 1985, Norberto Kepi published an explosive analysis of the pathology of power. The new world order that they are trying to implant goes totally against ethical principles. 28 years later, Liberation of the People is still the most relevant book available that exposes our inverted socioeconomic structure and who's responsible for it. They are like sharks and you are like fishes in an ocean. The people's reaction to Kepi's book was enthusiastic. The powerful hated it. They were able to do a master cover-up. Roberto Kepi's book was buried, and the warning went out to the media. You are never, ever to mention the work of Norberto Kepi. Now, Norberto Kepi's timely book is available again. For your free download of Norberto Kepi's Liberation of the People, go to liberationofthepeople.org. I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones, and welcome to the Stop Radio Network. We broadcast from the International Society of Analytical Trilogy in Sao Paulo, Brazil. And our programs, Thinking with Somebody Else's Head and Healing Through Consciousness, offer the most relevant conversations around about the state of our world and what we can do to make it better. Thanks for tuning in.